it's like take the time to do it right when you do it even if there's ducks flying and get set and i'm i'm bad about that dan and aiden are much better about it than i now dan will just do everyone's flying but that's such a big thing i just want to add on a little bit and lay down some more because there's birds flying but i think taking that extra 15 minutes makes it makes a huge difference Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, We'll be talking with Matt from High Prairie Sportsman. The topic for today is self-filming and starting YouTube. And per usual, we get into all kinds of other waterfowl topics. So stay tuned for that, guys. And without any further ado, let's get into the podcast. What's going on, Michael? What's going on, Ash? What's up, Zach Outdoors? Zach's a stud. (laughs) One of your OGs, right? Yep, yep. He goes way back. I'll be able to say that about um, High Prairie Sportsman here in a couple of years. I was one of the, I was within a hundred subscribers <laughs> on that one. I was pretty low too. I don't know if it was a hundred. We can't tell uh, if we're private. I wish I there was a the way to go back and see like uh, how many, how many, what was your first subscriber and like really manipulate when people came in at what amount and whatnot. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's a way that you can go back and like uh, look at like a flashback of your channel from like a year ago or a couple of years ago and see like where you were at. That's Where's that? Cool. How do you do that? Uh, I'd have to Google it. I can't remember. I've just seen it like on some major channels. Like, oh, uh, I, I mean, for yeah, us, well, it wouldn't. I think I became a subscriber to High Prairie at about, I think it was in the 130 mark with their subscribers, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I remember you commenting on our Sandhills ones. Yeah, that that's I've always daydreamed or I've always dreamed about duck hunting the Sandhills. So when I saw that first video of you guys hunting in the Sandhills, I'm like, boom, <laughs> I got to see more of that. <laughs> that's always been a dream of mine. Mm. It, it's awesome. It's, it's a great time. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Nice. So uh, do you... So, maybe uh, refresh, I, Michael. Um, yeah, I how, think... How expansive is the Sandhills in Nebraska? I know I looked kind of where you're where you're at, and the area I'm familiar with is all around Valentine, which the national park up there is. Oh man, I bet that my fumbles can tell me he's in here. Um, San, is it San Isabel? Maybe. I'm not not sure about that. But it's uh, up but there it, all around Valentine, and I know that's like how, how expensive extant, expansive is are the Sandhills in Nebraska? Well, they go from. Oh, I want to say it's almost north between somewhere like Kearney and Grand Island and then all the way west to almost like Alliance. If you know, if you're any bit familiar with Nebraska, they're, it's huge. Um, I think it's like the biggest sand ecocide or something in the whole world is kind of oh, what wow. they say, but I couldn't give you like a square acre or mile total. My feeling is like that not many people know about it. No, it's kind of a hidden gem, and it's great for fishing and hunting, and no one really duck hunts it at all, except for, like, locals. Hmm. But, so I was going to say in your videos, it didn't look like you guys had much competition for your spots. We were the only ones there, and we hunted pretty much the whole month of October every weekend there. The only people we saw were two fishermen the whole time. Oh, wow. Now, those were public spots? Yeah, yep. So have you been up around Valentine, uh, those, that area? I've been up there a few times. I'm probably gonna make a trip up there, go fishing here in a couple weeks. There's a Merritt Reservoir. It's a big lake up in that area. Yeah, that's right around where we fish. We camp. Okay. We camped out there before, but um, we camp at Big Alkali, and then we fish basically a lot of the little natural lakes in between Big Alkali and Merritt, essentially. Okay. So your area yeah. does that look pretty similar to that area? Yeah, it doesn't really change too much. It's, you know, just little lakes here and there scattered everywhere. And um, we we hunted two different areas that were probably about 100 100 miles apart up in the Sandhills. And we were, I mean, we're still in the same region, but we just tried different lakes out. And sometimes it, 
Like one day we went out, and we only got one, and the other days we did pretty good. So. And Jordan, I'm hijacking the intro. I'm sorry. No, that's uh, fine. That's fine. Set it up however you want to set it up. <laughs> I just have so many questions. I mean, this area is so special to my heart that I'm just like, but I need to let you set things up and stuff. So I'm sorry. I jumped ahead. Forgive me. Uh, that's fine. I think uh, the picture just, I did something there. Okay. There we go. Uh, video will be back in a second, guys. <laughs> so today I got freelance co-hosting with me per usual. And we got Matt from High Prairie sportsman so uh, uh go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself um so so far we know you're uh um you hunt the sand hills and um you're from nebraska so uh, i'll let you take it from there all right yeah so originally grew up in eastern nebraska um went to school at the university and then got a job out in western nebraska where i've been the last three years so kind of been scouting this area learning the whole new area and it's this is like I, I describe it as a waterfowl mecca. It's just great out here. There's, it, there's just so much, so much spots for ducks and geese to come. You know, they just all come through this area. It's, it's a really big contrast to like the eastern side of the state. Mm. But yeah, I didn't know. Oh, keep going. Yeah, keep going. So kind of came up with this idea. Me and a buddy back in college, and we started out as Husker hunters, and didn't really go for anywhere you know we just posted a few pictures on facebook every now and then and then got busy and just for, kind of forgot about it put it on the back burner until last year and we just rebranded it and now here we are so there you go finally, yep got some gopros and just kind of learning on the go yeah. so this has been your first year putting out content correct it, for video wise yeah this is my first year um we have pictures from like 2012, but they weren't, you know, very good quality or anything. <laughs> but yeah, video, I've been learning this all on the fly. Uh, started with one last August, bought another one before the duck season started. And then now we've, we've got three cameras, I think. So Nice. Yeah, one thing that I've been a big fan of yours is like, um, along with the duck hunting, you have the, the pheasant hunting as well. Oh yeah, yep. There's there's a lot of roosters out here in this country too. There's they're fun when you yep. get them. So is there a lot? Is there a lot of farm um, farm ground around there, or is it mostly grazing of cows? Well, where I'm at, I'm in Ogallala, Nebraska. So it's kind of a contrast of both. So you go north of like the river here, and it's all the ranching stuff, and you go south, and it's more of the wheat fields and corn fields and stuff. So we kind of get the best of both worlds in that aspect. Um, if I can, uh, I think we might need to like pause the interview for a second. We're having a little bit of feedback from you over there, Matt. Um, okay. I don't know if you have like, you know like the headphones that come with like an iPhone, have like a little mic on them or anything like that? Yeah. Um, if we can try that maybe, cause we're getting a little bit of feedback when we talk. I think it's your computer okay. trying to cancel the echoing. Let's give it a shot. That ain't better. No. What do you think, Elliot? I'm still hearing it. Talk again. Hello? Yeah, I think I it's, it. I think it's when we talk. I'm not sure. Hello? Uh, um, I don't know yeah, it's... when he talked. I don't... You're hearing it now? No, I'm not hearing it now. Okay, yeah, let's, uh, all right. Sorry for the small pause. Let's just jump right back into it. So what, what were, I don't remember what we were on. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I think we're just talking about his general area a little bit. And, okay. um, you know, my, my experience and what made me so excited about your YouTube channels, like I said, um, we started going up to the sand hills because it was the closest place that we could catch pike um, from where we were at. We did a Minnesota Canada trip, my dad fumbles and I did, and got addicted to catching pike. So he got to looking around and he's like, I think we can go catch some pike up here at this certain spot. And we didn't know what it looked like. We'd never been up there. So we went up there. I was about 18 or 19. Um, we went up there fishing for pike and I ended up catching like a six pound bass that I still have on my wall. and. And just the area is so phenomenally beautiful. I mean, it is, it, I, I just can't even describe how beautiful that area is. 
his videos don't even do it justice because if you get up uh, if you get up on the top of those hills you can just see these sand hills that just seem like they go on forever it's re it's really a fantastic fantastic place so we did that a couple years and then we decided we were going to go up and um um hunt sharp tails and prairie chickens up there we did that for a couple years um so we've been going up to that area you know ever since i don't know 20 25 years um and i've i'd always daydreamed about duck hunting up there on the exact type of locations that i saw on um your youtube channel so yeah i got to get up there with you sometime and get in on that now i saw my dad already ask a question this is a good one now up there you've got your your shallow natural it looks like that's what you guys are doing a lot of hunting on but when we're up there there's a ton of like really small lakes and potholes and do you guys ever um hit hit or scout any of those smaller little potholes we haven't yet but um i just found out that i have a connection up in the sand hills so this upcoming season we're going to try and get on some private private ones that are kind of smaller like that just going to try and um one perk about that is the area we hunt we can hunt the early goose season up there too so when duck season opens up here in the state of nebraska we can hunt the goose season too and get like geese the first weekend in october but we're going to try just going on some private land in addition to public land and see just see kind of the difference and see if you know see what happens sweet deal so um and now correct me if i'm wrong isn't that basically the very beginning of the prairie pothole region where you get a lot of ducks nesting yeah yep there's a lot of ducks that do nest up there um it's really fun to go up in the summertime and fish and you'll see all these different you know breeding pairs up there and have their little ones swimming around with them yeah because when we went when we went up there fishing we always go in the spring and i would just see tons of waterfowl up there because we don't hardly have any nesting birds in kansas we get a few blue wings and I mean, wood ducks will, but other than that, we don't, we're totally void of ducks. Um, starting, we still have quite a few around now, but within the next couple months, they will all be gone. But if you go up to your area, I, I believe that's the beginning of the prairie pothole region where you just have these little holes of water just everywhere. And I always wondered like, how hard would it be? There's so much abundant water, at least in the spring up there that how hard would it be to actually get a spot where they were really coming into? I mean, it looks like you guys have been able to do it, but that's always been kind of my question. Yeah. And if you go South, there's those little potholes. Um, they're like little wetlands that do dry up it. If there's rain there in like September, the teal love those. We haven't hunted those. I always thought about trying it, but it always is too dry when we want to go down there. So now how far Jeez. are you from the rainwater basin? Oh, that's probably three hours, two and a half hours. That's more central Nebraska, down south of York, uh, Grand, Grand Island area. Where so do you guys have a... Uh... that far off. I mean, we're only about an hour and a half from that area. We're just on the, the Kansas-Nebraska border where we teal hunt a lot of, right in the central spot there. Do you guys have an early till season in Nebraska as well then? Yeah, we do. It's, it's a split season. Um, so like the eastern half of the state or eastern two-thirds, they get – three weekends i believe and then out here we only get two weekends just because we got more of the nesting birds out here and they don't want to disrupt them or that's that's the reason i've been told though gotcha. so. yeah do you do you um so do you know i guess somebody knows probably but what what caused that region to have such unique features or uh yeah basically it was wind um so it was flat like the rest of western nebraska was and then when years ago just blew the sand dunes in here and now when you say years you mean like here. thousands of years or <laughs> yeah. yeah okay yeah. yeah not like there was like <laughs> yeah. a big windstorm 20 years ago and bam you had the pot hills no, no, <laughs> nope. now did it did it have anything to do with the, with the ice age at all on top uh, of it? it might have i think maybe there was glaciers before that and kind of clean you know scrape the slate clean so to speak uh something like that but yeah they say the glaciers are the reason the reason why like indiana and the midwest is just as flat as can be yeah is kansas pretty similar to that just flat uh kansas is extremely flat from about mid-state to the colorado border 
but well i'd say about a, a third of the state is like as flat as you can possibly think of but then two-thirds of the state is more rolling hills mm. um and even to the east like we have a lot of um forests and we're more like missouri here on the east side and then the central side you've got the flint hills and the smoky hills so it's actually rolling hills without many trees but then you get out there in the west and it is just flat like what people yeah. actually think of kansas is only about one third of the state yeah indiana is super flat as well um until you get like to the southern maybe southern fifth um near to the ohio river it's just it's hilly down there and i honestly i honestly wish that i lived somewhere that was more hilly because i mean flat is just i don't know i just think it's more unique to hunt like hilly terrain and you know having you unique uh features and stuff but indiana's just flat we got a lot of cornfields rivers and but everything's super flat so is it flat with trees or flat without trees so there's I mean, a huge difference in those well yeah i mean we have a ton of agriculture so i mean if there wasn't agriculture it'd be just one big forest um but yeah so pretty much the only place that the trees aren't cut down are where it was too wet to plant okay see our flat is like trees just don't grow out there regardless. yeah because you got like prairies or yeah, when they first came through Kansas, they actually referred to it as the Great Desert, where it's mm-hmm. just like there was just nothing but just grasslands for miles, forever and ever and ever. Hmm. Yeah, not a lot of grasslands in Indiana. Um, I've yeah. know I've gone to some like uh, I don't know what you call them parks, county park or not county like um, like state parks or whatever. You read like the signs and they show you like what a traditional prairie would look like and then what it'd look like in five years, ten years, twenty years. And uh, eventually everything just turns to a forest in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, if let, left, let natural, the prairie fires take out any trees, right? Even on the east side of the state, 200 years ago, you would have no trees. And then once they were able to actually fight um, prairie fires, more trees were able to grow. Hmm. Yeah. And they planted a lot of them because of the Dust Bowl, too. So they planted them along um, fence lines after the Dust Bowl as well. So you still have those there, shelter belts, they call them. So I guess um, let's jump back to Matt. Um, so I guess uh, tell us a little bit about your hunting group. I know you got like one main guy. It seems you hunt with a lot. Um, but, you know, I guess I, I don't know if I've ever seen you guys hunt with anybody else besides you two. Yeah, so uh, Devin, he's he's also out here. We met in college. Um, so he lives out here too. So he's, you know, he's always hunting with me. Um, we got a bunch of guys out on the eastern side of the state that, you should see. I think they were in one of our later videos. Um, they'll be in the. They'll be in the, this upcoming season. And then a couple other guys are more like fishing guys, and they'll be in the summer's videos. But gotcha. uh, yeah, it's just pretty much a lot of guys that we know through college and mutual friends. So is Timber your dog or his? That's Devin's dog. My dog Scout, or it's my parents' dog. But every time I go back, I take him out hunting and stuff. Nice. But we hope, hopefully, Timber uh, can actually go get some birds, so I don't have to go get them this year. <laughs> she didn't re, uh, or he didn't retrieve any this year. She got her first one, but uh, she was still pretty little. We didn't want to risk it with the cold and her. Mm, so, gotcha. Yep. You guys seem to go away from the <laughs> from the sand uh, from where you were hunting in October. It didn't seem like you guys hit those that much in November. Um, what was your decision as far as where exactly you were going out? Or maybe am, am I wrong in that? That's what I, my impression was. No, you're not wrong. Uh, as, so that was the early season. So there's, you know, we got all our different waterfowl zones and that kind of dictated where we went. So when, uh, I think your piece keeps falling off. So when that zone, the closer zone opened up, cause we got to drive, you know, 140, 150 miles up there round trip but so we decided you know we'd rather just drive 20 or 30 miles away round trip you know save us some gas and sleep in a little bit Uh, you guys seem to do pretty good though i mean even when you don't go to the sand hills yeah it's it's a lot of scouting um there's a lot of public land out here and there's a lot of guys they got boat blinds and you know all the works and we just kind of not a lot of guys hunt from banks like we do or uh or kayaks um it's 
Yeah, it's just yeah, it's a lot. We put in a lot more work. It seems like than some people. Like we'll, it's nothing to just walk a mile or something with all our decoys in our cart. Um, and I'm not afraid to take off work if I have to to get out when everyone else can't. Yeah, that's fortunate. I noticed that you you guys uh, were able to cut off work a lot. Um, what is your occupation? So I work for uh, I work for part of USDA. I work for the NRCS. Um, conservation service helps farmers and ranchers uh, manage the land for wildlife and other natural resources. Um, I'm in it mainly for the wildlife aspect. I like, you know, improving habitat and, you know, helping if I can save more uh, wildlife for the future generations more, you know, I love doing that. So having a, a job like that, does that uh, give you, um, you know, kind of an in with some of the ranchers where you can get private access to hunt? Uh, it could we're not uh, it's not allowed to (laughs) yeah not allowed to i can't bring up my occupation when i'm asking for uh permission or anything and i try you know i don't do that um you could just drive the company truck maybe you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah hey i gotta go check your bird numbers with my shotgun (laughs) (laughs) but no uh no we, we can't do that uh we have to have to steer clear of that so i can't can't even mention it when i'm asking for permission and i county that i work in i try to go to uh, surrounding counties so i don't even have that conflict of interest hmm. well that kind of stings <laughs> yeah yep yep but luckily there's a lot of public ground especially for pheasants so we we don't have any shortage of finding places to hunt nice that's great that's great now with the topic being um, starting a YouTube channel. I'm curious. So as you started this year, what has changed as far as um, kind of what were your goals for the first year and has your vision changed? seems like once the season ended, you definitely, um, I could tell that you were really serious about what you were doing um, just based on some of the things you said on your videos and some of the stuff you were putting out. But what was your goal for the first year and maybe – Kind of has your thinking changed? Are you more into it? Are you disappointed? Are you happy? Just kind of your overall emotional state about your channel, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I I think we're doing pretty good. Um, so I came into it. I just you know wanted to document hunts. I wanted to show show the next generation because there's a lot of interest in waterfowl hunting recently with uh, you know other YouTubers coming up and Duck Dynasty still somewhat popular. And I, I just wanted to be another outlet that other new hunters could look to and hopefully, you know, give them some pointers, give them some tips, give them some education uh, opportunities to, and just have enjoying hunt or enjoyable hunts to watch. Um, You know, I, I'm very passionate about waterfowl hunting and if I can bring that and foster that love for the sport and other people, I'm going to try and do it. That's well, I think of, you're doing a good job on it. Yeah. I, Thank you. I do too. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's not started a channel, what do you think? Uh, but would like. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I, I came into this. I only had my one GoPro to start with. Um, I did the teal hunt with that, and I was trying, like, I only had one battery, so I was trying, you know, like, clicking it off and then trying to get it on real quick when the ducks were coming in and that was a big pain so i uh got another camera that kind of helped got some battery packs and stuff and learned video editing on the fly still not the greatest at it but it you know it just takes a lot of repetition and practice and you start to learn learn some tips and tricks but it this if you want to be serious about this it, it does take a lot of your time it takes a lot of work to be to be serious like you guys already know yeah. yeah. And when I talk to guys on Patreon, one of the things that I do with guys on Patreon is we just talk about channels and building channels. One of the first thing that I ask those guys is how serious are you about building an audience and how much work are you willing to put in or what's your goal? Because some guys who start YouTube, you know, they just kind of like the idea of hitting record and throwing out a few videos. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But then there's other guys that are like, all right, I'm hitting this full blast. I'm going to work my butt off. I'm really going to try to build this thing. And so um, I, I really think it's it's kind of an interesting topic for guys that maybe want to start filming their hunts and putting them on YouTube. 
and kind of identifying your goals and exactly what you're wanting from it. I think in anything is, is really important to know where you're trying to go. Yeah. And I'd say for anybody who's thinking about it, like, I mean, if you're not passionate about doing it and, you know, enjoy it, then like, I mean, it probably won't be for you because you have to be passionate about it and enjoy it. Because once you realize like Matt and, and freelancer saying like how much work you have to put in, how much time you got to put into building all of that, like, um, you know, yeah, it's, it just turns out to be a lot of work, which if you enjoy it, then it's not work. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's totally yeah. true. If you don't, if you hate editing and you hate just worrying about all of the off off camera stuff, then it's not something that you want to be serious about because it's going to, it's going to wear you down. But yeah. I like, I know, uh, I think you're the same way, Jordan. When, when I film a hunt, when I get home, I am so excited to go through it and start editing because number one, you get to relive the hunt and you get to see it through a different set of eyes. <laughs> And especially on the successful hunts, yeah, they're so much fun. How many times do you uh, do you watch your favorite, like your favorite hunt afterwards after you edit it? <laughs> I don't even want to admit. <laughs> That's gonna say yeah, too, too same much. Thing. <laughs> yeah, my my run of mallard uh, limits. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I, bad when I, you. I watch, uh, I, I, my family makes fun of me. <laughs> videos again huh <laughs> <laughs> but it's good it's good like that's one of the best things about it like it's almost like a hidden thing like uh because it's it's so easy to go relive those memories uh you know or like even like if you watch one and and it's so cool to see like something you forgot about or didn't think about like um you know i went like i have chief's first retrieve recorded on a video and i can go watch him retrieve his first goose and yeah. um you know, there's even a part I didn't put in the video, which I guess I was insecure at the time about putting it in there because, um, I need to share it sometime because he goes and he's like whining and crying like crazy because he wants to get out of the goose, get the goose. But for some reason he won't jump out of the blind. He's just, you know, he's literally splashing his paw on the ground or on the water. And like, I mean, he's crying like forlorn because he can't get to the goose that's just in the water. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just awesome to go back and relive <laughs> those memories. Yeah. I will say that um, when I started, it was very easy for me to show stuff like that because I didn't think anyone was watching. But the more people <laughs> watch, the harder it is to show stuff like, um, you know, is he not retrieving a goose? Like I did the dirty little secret video or how poorly I'm shooting. <laughs> Yeah, it gets harder, but I, I, I just remind myself, I have to be committed to showing the real because people, even though you're going to take a little heat on it from the knuckleheads out there, that's really what a lot of people want to see. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's perfect. I think that, yeah, the longer I do it, the more I realize that that stuff is actually good content too. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to cut any of that out. I wish I hadn't, but you know. Yep, there's some stuff back, you know, my first videos I wish I hadn't hadn't uh sorry, I think I don't know if my video's messing up or but no, there's some stuff that uh I wish I hadn't, you know, not included or had included, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But uh now I'm kinda of, you know, that's that it's that learning process of the you figure it out as you go. Yeah. What yeah, what what big change are you gonna make as far as your videoing or how are you doing things not for next season? Well, I'm thinking about actually getting, so right now I've been getting by with just two uh, GoPros and then my phone for like stuff. I'm actually gonna invest in an actual camera, like a vlogging style camera. Um, so hopefully if one of us gets limited out, the other one can grab it and we can get like, you know, nice zoom ups of birds committing or just birds flying by, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I'm looking at, maybe even getting another GoPro and having some of us just behind us in the blind so people can kind of get some more of that blind time, uh, just, you know, jokes in the blind and just get the more of a feel for it. Do you have your eye on any particular camera? Have you started the process of researching? I, I have started and I am overwhelmed by what is all out there. There is what's so your, much. What's your price range? I've done a lot. I'm not an expert, but I've done a lot of looking. What's your price range? I'm, I'm, any, I'm anywhere from like 600 to 1400, somewhere somewhere in there um you can, I mean, you can get some crazy. good cameras 
for that for that amount of money, the only thing you got to worry about, or not necessarily wor- worry about, but to think about, is if that's your price range. Like one, you want to get like additional batteries, and two, like um, a memory card, like uh, a high speed memory card with a lot of data, also you know uh, adds up. And then any additional lenses. So like I have two lenses. I have the kit lens, and then I got a um, they call it Nifty Fifty, uh, but that's not the actual. It's not actually 50 millimeters because I have a micro four thirds camera, which means the sensor is scaled down. And so when you take a a 50 millimeter lens, it actually has to be half that size. So I think it's a 25. Yeah, it's a 25 millimeter lens, which gives you once it's uh, um, multiplied back out, it gives you the 50 millimeter lens. So you get the same effect as if you had a full sensor camera with a 50 millimeter lens. Nice. Uh, I've got my. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean that price range includes uh, like, uh, you know, the microphone and all that good stuff. So and a tripod and all that, all the accessories in addition to the camera with and the gotcha. lenses as well. So yeah. yeah, you're just on the bottom end of like a GH5, which uh, like I wish I could have got that one, but like I said, like or or like you're saying, like the end of the price range because I had a similar price range, um, but to get that. Uh, you can get like 120 frames per second on mine. I can only get the 60 frames per second. So I only can take it down to half speed. on like my B roll with a uh, slow motion. We're on the GH five with 120. You can slow it down to 30. So you're getting four times slower, which you get like, you know, way better, uh, you know, slow-mo shots. I would just say, and I say this a lot and people don't seem to listen to me, but I'm gonna say it anyway, is that if you want to get good, conversation and good discussion then you need to go more with the handy cam type something that you can wear around your neck because if you're gonna buy a camera that you have to keep into a bag then you're not going to be getting conversation much because what's going to happen is you're going to pull it out of your bag you're going to use it and then you're going to put it away and so if good conversation that you want to get on video actually happens and your camera's in your bag unless you're willing to say everyone stop talking right now <laughs> while I get out the camera, which you're going to lose a little bit. And I have actually done that, but I've, I've said, okay, hold on guys. But um, you lose a little bit of authenticity. If you can have a handy cam that, that's small enough to wear around your neck, then at any point in time, any decent conversation happens, then you can quickly bring it up and turn it on. Or if you have a thought or emotion, you can put it on yourself. And I, I think it's invaluable. So if you buy like a DSL, isn't that what they're called? DSL? DS- DSLR. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle with that. And there are some really, really good cameras that are still handycam type. I've got my eye on one that's about 800. I think it's a Sony. And it actually has a little suspension system inside of it. for show- So it, it floats on the inside. So you can literally almost run up the stairs and film at the same time and it stays clear. Um, but anyway, that's my personal suggestion to people. Okay. Is is I wouldn't get half of the dialogue I get if I wasn't wearing a camera on my neck. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely is important. Um, but I'm also a big fan of like the B roll. Like I love getting the cinematic shots and taking the time to do that. And you can't do that with a handy cam. So it's almost like for me, um, I need to do a better job of like what you're saying with the storytelling and having the the camera time in the blind. Uh, but you know, I love getting the B roll as well. So I don't know <laughs> exactly what my solution will be. I think the solution is having two. Yeah, you're right. That's what I would like. I want, because I've got mine, there's like a Panasonic. It's about a $500 camera. I want to have that $800 camera. And then that goes around my neck. And then I want to have about a $1,400 camera in my bag. I think that is the best of both worlds. But as of right now, um, (laughs) you know, that takes a lot of money. Yep. But I think that's ideally the way to do it. Yep. Uh, I still haven't, I haven't decided yet. Yeah. So I got it. You know, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the input. Uh, uh, you know, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I they all, everything has their pros and cons. Do the better. And the one thing about vlogging is that like, um, a lot of people will vlog at the end and, and that's fine. And that, that has its place, but you are, you are not going to be able to replicate the emotion you're having at the time by vlogging at the end. If you're feeling yeah. a strong emotion and you can get the camera in your face right then, it comes across a lot more. I, I think it's a lot more appealing because you're actually showing emotion than trying to recreate it when you do voiceovers or talk at the end too. 
Yeah, I think thinking back since we're having this discussion, like uh, my kind of solution this season has been I, I've been doing a lot of voiceover on my videos, which, um, you know, it works too. But yeah, I think I do want to shift for myself more to have additional vlogging as well. Yeah. That's what I, I like to, you know, set the stage first before I even go out, you know, kind of just do a little intro and then maybe just insert a couple of clips of me or Devin talking or whoever's hunting with me. With, and then, you know, just kind of establish the stage, kind of set the tone for the video and do a closer. Yeah. Um, another, another cool thing that kind of, I didn't really think about when I started doing YouTube and self-filming hunts. Um, is that it's so much easier to share like hunting experiences with non hunters than it would be otherwise. Like, even if you're talking about like family, like, you know, I, I have four sisters and, um, you know, they're not really going to hunt that or my youngest sister came with me one time, but usually they're not going to be anywhere around hunting or anything like that. Just to be able to share them with, share that with them is pretty cool. Yep. I, I like doing that too. You know, I just pull it up on the TV and show my parents or show my sister. I got two sisters too, and they don't really do much hunting at all. So it's just fun. Yeah. Like you said, fun to show family and friends. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to say it, but like when you show them, it's just such a, you know, a, a better way of getting your story across. <laughs> yep. When I, when I show people my videos in person, I always see flaws. I mean, I can watch a video 15, 20 times. And when I show it to my wife or someone, I automatically start seeing things that are, that I didn't see before that bother me. I well, you know, know like, you know, hunters are going to overlook that kind of stuff. Cause they're just pumped to be watching duck hunting. But like, um, somebody that's a non hunter, you're like almost like hyper critical, uh, like critiquing it. Um, because you're like, Oh, what are they going to see? That's gonna, you know, be different from a hunter. That wasn't a question you asked me, was it? I was daydreaming on something. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just the <laughs> okay. end of it. And, uh, you know, I'm so used to you jumping in and talking. So <laughs> I know I'm in a, I'm in an interesting conversation on the chat board. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There's been a lot of chat going on there. Um, I guess, yeah, let's shift gears a little bit here. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Facebook group. So we, me and Elliot have started a Facebook group for the podcast, um, it's called uh, Fellowship of the Duck Guns. It's linked in the description down below, but uh, we're just kind of using it to, you know, continue the conversation afterwards with you guys. So one thing that we're adding in is, um, you know, kind of wanting to share your guys's hunts as well on the the stream. So, um, you know, I did a post today. We're not that that big yet, uh, but no one posted their pictures. So I need some of you guys to jump in there and post your pictures from the season so we can share them. <laughs> Yeah, and what we're really trying to form a little com little community um, with this Duck Gun podcast, and Facebook is really, I hopefully in time, is going to get hot with the conversation and the topic, and we would like to form a little community there that's safe and away from the trolls, something that we can loosely control. Yeah. Um, but that that's the hope. So make sure you guys pop over there and join that so that we can get that rolling. Yeah, and it is private. So when you go to join it, um, it'll say like submitting a request or whatever. And then, you know, just kind of like, you know, I'm just doing that so we can, if somebody is, I don't know what you want to call them, like toxic or, you know, creating a toxic environment, we can not have them in our group because that's not the kind of group we want to have. Because you see that a lot in a lot of big Facebook groups about duck hunting where somebody will say something and then they'll be like, water swatters and like, you know, then, you know, you know, you know how it goes. So, yeah, for sure. We can wield with an iron. Is it wield? With an iron <laughs> fist? Is it yield? Wield? Wield? I don't know. I'm, cla I'm, I'm, I always mess up sayings and my wife always. <laughs> like what, what's one that I mess up? Like dead as a doornail. I think I say in my wife's like, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, I think that is a hammer. That's what I say. Dead as a hammer. Dead as a hammer. That is a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can add the link right here. Does that work? Yeah. Guys, click on that link I put in chat. You can go right to our Facebook group, join up, and we'll be sharing your pictures in the in the live stream. You gonna do the lightning round? Sure, let's go ahead and do that. 
All right, so lightning round, we kind of go over like, you know, just quick questions and quick answers. So what's your gun? Well, sorry. You cut uh, what, what's your gun? Oh, Remington versus Max. What's your dream gun? Ooh. I haven't shot an SBE 3. I'd love to try and shoot one. I don't know. It's hard to improve on the Versa Max, so I love it. Nice. Uh, shot size for ducks. Shot size for ducks, I go fours most of the season. Then at late season, I'll go twos. Three inch or three and a half? Three inch for ducks. Three and a half for geese? Yep. Shot size for geese? BB. If you could only hunt one for the rest of your life, ducks or geese? Ducks. Face paint or no face paint? Uh, face paint when it's sunny. Otherwise, don't need it. Uh, ammo brand of choice? Uh, Winchester. Winchester Super X? Yeah, yep. Beard or no beard? <laughs> uh, that, that varies. I like to switch it up. Uh, beard keeps me warm, so I'll say beard for hunting season. Rivers or marshes? Marsh. Water or filled? Water. Mojo or Lucky Duck? Ooh, uh, Mojo. Morning or evening? Morning. Favorite ice cream? <laughs> uh, uh, cookies and cream. There you go. All right. <laughs> you actually did better on the lightning round than most people. Most people can't keep it like super short for whatever reason. Like, <laughs> you know, try to keep it going fast paced and then they go off on they tangents. Want to they want to say how they feel. Yeah. 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 Like when I did it with Elliot, I mean, I think the lightning <laughs> round took it longer than the rest of the interview. <laughs> you know, it's weird because in real life, I actually am not all that talkative, but I get on here and I cannot shut my hey, mouth. I mean, you're talking, talking about what you're passionate about, right? That's the difference. That's what yep. that is the difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Just like, how do you not have the lightning round questions memorized by now? You still have to pull a piece of paper for that? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't want to forget something. My wife is well, was, laying it on the chat board. <laughs> I was prepared for him. I've been watching these since you started. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's it right there. You had a memory. I should switch them up. I'm going to have to like have alternate yeah, sheets to, to go through. Some new ones. We need to brainstorm some, some ones to add in there. Yeah, I guess the viewers probably, if anybody's getting tired of the same ones. I did add yeah. the ice cream though, so. Yeah, yeah that, that threw me off. <laughs> that, that threw me off too. That was... Well, we got through them so fast. Usually like I'm like, ah, oh, it's time to end the lightning round. But, you know, it's bam, bam, bam. So. Yeah. I don't know if you said this or not, but I want to remind people that I think that if you haven't seen all of these podcasts on iTunes or Google Play, um, you can consume this, um, these podcasts that way while you're driving or jogging or whatever, you know, that, and that's probably how, if I was just a watcher, how I would do it, um, is on a car, on a drive and stuff. So feel, make sure that you guys check those out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they get posted on Wednesdays, every Wednesday at, uh, eight o'clock Eastern. So seven o'clock central. I guess don't hold me to that, but it's, I have been posting them every Wednesday at eight o'clock. The time might change, but I'm going to keep it on Wednesdays um, unless something out of my control happens. Uh, so which one did you post yesterday? Because I know they're they're a couple weeks back. That was Passion of Pursuit. Nice, you guys got to check that one. Yeah, that was awesome. yeah, and I got I think what what do I have? A couple more at least that we got to post because uh, we had oh yeah yeah. So I think you what I'm going to do we did two in one night. Yeah, so I'm not sure. That what I'm going to do yet, but I was thinking about posting just like a bonus podcast and then the Dr. Duck one next week. Um, just because like, I don't want to be too far out. Like we're already two weeks out. Cause like if we have like a, let's say we have a discussion about Turkey season and it doesn't get posted till after Turkey season or, you know, something like that. So I don't know. What do you think? Well, we Elliot? talk about Dr. Duck so much in that one. It probably couldn't be a standalone. I would say it'd be nice to have one in the back pocket in case we have to take a week off for some reason. Gotcha. To me, that, to me, that makes a lot of sense. But um, the extra one we have, what we talk about of Dr. Duck a lot, which I loved that conversation as well. Those two conversations with um, Pat Passion of Pursuit and Dr. Duck were so much fun. 
So yeah. much fun. Yeah. Dr. Duck was, he was such a cool guy. For some reason, <laughs> I expected him to be a little more, less personable, I think. Um, yeah, he's think super personable. His pictures are so epic of himself. Yeah, Instagram. yeah. Yeah, I expect I don't him to kind of have an air about him, and he didn't at all. He was no. so cool. Whatever camera Dr. Duck has, that's what you should get, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be ready to pay. Or passion. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, passion of pursuit. What do he say his camera costs? Yeah. I can't remember, but it, it shoots in 6K. I didn't even know that was a thing. I know 8K is a thing. I didn't know 6K. But there's no point in shooting in 8K because it's yeah, not that like... Passion of pursuit, he said that they're doing this video, and they're going to hire... Um, like a composer to travel with them so that they can feel the hunts and, and write write music specifically for the videos based on experiencing it. I'm, They're gonna pay. That's crazy. Yeah, that I'm, d- I'm down to learn to compose just so I can travel with them. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a few weeks. I'll learn to compose. Yeah, that, that's going all out right there. I'll have chopsticks playing in their next hunt. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah. And so we, I guess, yeah. And uh, while we're on the subject of the podcast, uh, um, we're almost to the thousand download mark, which is pretty cool. You know, we haven't been doing it that long. So um, 12 more, 12 more downloads and we're at, we're at a thousand. So podcast world's way different than YouTube. You don't just get it by views. It goes by downloads. So you can't tell how many subscribers or anything like that. But yeah, so we appreciate your guys' support getting on the iTunes. And uh, if you guys could do us another favor while you're on there, um, or do do it right now. Get your phone out. <laughs> Go to the iTunes app and give us a five-star rating. I mean, if you guys think it's five-star, you can give us whatever rating you want. But uh, that helps us get found in search. And, uh, you know, we're doing our best to produce a high-quality uh, podcast for you guys, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Yeah, and we're certainly going to work hard. One of the great things about we're starting off season is that hopefully we'll have this thing running like a well-oiled machine, I think. It's, it's <laughs> like a dead hammer. <laughs> I was looking at my wife before I tried to say a thing because I know I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> I do the same thing. So uh, what do you got planned for You got any big plans for yourself for next season, uh, Matt? Yeah, um... I've got. A, I mean, it's not anything set in stone. I really want to do a crane hunt down in Oklahoma sometime, and hopefully get that on video. Like the sandhill cranes. Yeah. Yep. I heard they're. You know, they call them ribeye of the sky. So I want to try some for myself. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard that too. You can't uh, shoot we, those in Nebraska. Nope. Every state around us, but not not Nebraska. There's not even a season for them in Nebraska. Nope. Really. You can't in Indiana either. Yeah, we can we can shoot them here. I we hear them. You know, do you see them and hear them in Nebraska? Oh yeah, they're right now they're thick. If you go anywhere along the interstate, you'll just see thousands of them. They sound like a like what I'd imagine like a dinosaur or something sounds like. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of goofy sounded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love hearing them. I mean, we mostly hear them at night for some reason. I don't see a lot of them, but I hear them over the marshes in October quite a bit. Have you guys ever heard like a whippoorwill at night? Yeah. Yeah. Those sound pretty crazy too. There's a spot that I go in Michigan and fly fish and uh, like I'll, I'll mouse for brown trout, but that's just like another story. So anyways, you do that at night and uh whippoorwill just in this like prairie while I'm fly fishing and they're just so loud and it's so crazy. It's, it's, cool. it's one of the craziest noises. I, I hadn't heard one till just a couple of years ago. And you get them loons up there too? No. Okay, I just heard that you know they make some kind of like wailing noise too. Oh it's kinda... my gosh, it's crazy. Huh? I've never heard them. You heard them, Elliot? I heard. I've heard them up in when I went up to Canada and Minnesota. What? What's the? What exactly is a loon? I guess I'm not familiar. Come out of a water bird. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like a grebe, but can yeah. you hunt them? No. No. So, no. They do <laughs> come through Kansas, but I mean, very, very sparingly i don't think i've ever seen one so if you ever watch a movie and they're showing like um a lake at dusk or in the dark and you hear some weird eerie sounding bird that's a loon Hmm. they're crazy sounding all right well i guess let's open excuse me i guess let's open it up to q a i know that the chat's been going off so yeah we've already had quite a few um yeah, so go ahead and just post your questions again um, so we don't have to go back and search through it necessarily. 
yeah, hit those questions up again. I know somewhere in Wisconsin has been popping. Brown trout tomorrow on the big lake. Awesome. I know you're telling me about that somewhere in Wisconsin, going after the brown trout. So I know um, those those are fall spawners. So um, yeah, should be a good time though. Are you gonna film it? I hope he's gonna film it. Yeah, I think he said that earlier. Uh, Mrs. Fumbles is asking where Chief is. Come here, buddy. He's just hiding in here, sleeping. How old is Chief? <laughs> he's two I've years. I've asked this a bunch. Fifteen months? No, he's two years. Like he turned, he turned two like February thirteenth or something like that. Nice. Uh, they want to know, Matt, what your dream hunt is, or uh, once blind outdoors is asking. Oh, dream hunt? That's easy. I want to do a king eider hunt up in Alaska. Nice. And then other sea ducks, but I really want a king eider. Those things, I've seen some of the videos. They're awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yep, I agree. That'd be fun. I still want to get a what, pintail. What's yours, Jordan? What's your, what's your, uh, just honestly, anywhere I can get a pintail. Pintail is my dream bird. I saw Matt got one um, this October. You got some this year as well, Elliot. And I'm over here in Indiana and I, I didn't even see one. <laughs> we saw a bunch this year. In fact, our, our limit's going up to two a day next year. Yep. Oh, wow. They have the numbers out already? In Kansas, they do. They what? base the numbers on the previous year. Well, Indiana, literally the seasons for Indiana come out like it's like a, a month or two before the season starts. Everybody else has their numbers. I don't know what Indiana is even doing. And uh, we just don't have numbers. <laughs> We're waiting for dates. Yeah. That, it used got- to be that way in Kansas until two or three years ago. And where it is, they switched it due to um, tourism. Mm. So people could plan. Yeah. That's how it is in Nebraska now, too. It's like two or three years ago they switched that. Well, Indiana I, I is... Like it like that I used to you know, really sweat that out, that they'd do something stupid with the dates. Do you guys hear that uh, on the East Coast that they're dropping the limit to two mallards? Why? Yeah. I guess they... I mean, from previous numbers. So East Coast, they're down to two mallards limit. Oh, my gosh. I know. We were down and... to two in around 91, 92. We were down to two mallards here in Kansas. Wow. Yeah, and I think they talked about shorten their th- shorten shortening their season to forty five days instead of sixty. Oh, that's the killer. See, that's what that's my fear because we're going to hit times again where the duck numbers are dropping. Which, I mean, they've been at great numbers for like twenty years. And when that happens, the question is going to be: Is are they going to drop the limits, or are they going to drop the number of days that you can hunt? And man, I, I, I have no problem. Cut the limit in half, but don't cut the number of days. But I bet you anything they cut the number of days but over cutting the number of ducks because That's, most guys only hunt about five times a year. I hope they don't do that because I think they will. I hope they don't too. Yeah. I mean, you're just going to lose hunt like people that are on the fence. They're going to be like, well, I can't go. Or you're going to lose so many people on that like two weekends where they could have gone or, you know. I feel like I if we're already we having more people cutting the limit in half, because so many people, I mean, just want to pull the trigger and kill. I'd say, I would say more than half of the guys that hunt, their number one goal is to pile. Mm-hmm. Yep. My goal is just Especially to be out younger. there. Yeah, I know. That's more and more rare. Hopefully, yeah. that's where I really hope that we can get kind of a network of creators that have that same way of doing it. Because um, I know that, that, that you guys in the sand hills, you guys seem to shoot them in real close and have good ethics. I, I think that's one thing that we can do with, with our voices as we grow our audience is try to kind of counteract the, you know, if you don't make a pile, it's not a good hunt mentality, which is kind of run rampant is runs rampant on YouTube and in, in yeah. a lot of areas. Yeah. They're all yep. trying to get the viral vid- videos or whatever. And I understand why they do it because I mean, you're trying to get numbers, you're trying to, but I, you know, and, and I mean, not that I won't ever, put a heading that says something like a limit or something but i i think that it just you know it, it needs to be more depth in teaching yeah it's not just about the birds it's about the whole experience and that's what some channels are kind of lose in my opinion yeah uh somewhere in wisconsin ask what is the most frustrating thing about filming um i would say most frustrating thing well either dead batteries and so you miss Miss footage that you thought you'd have, um, uh, dropping gear in the water and losing it <laughs> just because you broke it, you know, not cause you actually lost it, but, um, yeah, aside for from me, that, I, for me, I'd have to say it's setting up. So there's 
couple times last year where I was still setting up cameras and because the GoPros, they don't have a good ISO, you know, you can't see when it's dark out. I'm like, I just told Devin, I'm like, Hey, if those birds are coming in, just shoot them. We'll worry about it later. But so I'd be messing with the camera still and the birds were all committing and that's all we would see the rest of the day. So I kind of missed out on the, you know, that golden period, but yeah, that, 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 it really gets frustrating at that point, but you know, like what you were saying, water, yeah, them in the water too. I've kind of like got beyond, like, I feel like I just don't get, like, I just kind of accept it at this point. I'm not really too frustrated by filming, you know, I was at first a little bit here and there. Yeah. There's days in which I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like messing with stuff. Yeah. It's not in the mood for it. Yeah, I hear you on that. Like, uh, some days you'd be like, I'd just rather hunt. But, I mean, if you're, I feel like I'm committed at this point to almost making filming as important as hunting. Yeah. There's only one day that I didn't film this year, and that was basically why I had my vehicle and my wife's vehicle both broke down, had to be towed on the same day, and it was uh, transmissions on both of them. And then I ended up borrowing my dad's truck, going hunting, meeting Golden out there, and we shot our limit in the evening. And I was so stressed by the time I got out there, and I didn't even think we were going to do good. I'm like, I'm not filming this. Screw it. And we just slaughtered them within like a couple hours' time. <laughs> it was nice not to film because I was just relaxing. But, you know, a couple days later, I was kicking myself. Uh, okay. A once Blind is asking, uh, favorite type of duck to hunt from boat, from a blind, waiting in timber? I'll let you start with that, Matt. Uh, oh yeah, so, Alaska. <laughs> favorite favorite type of duck hunt? I'd have to go with, uh, you know, I like them divers. I like shooting canvasbacks and those ringnecks and stuff. Those are just really fun. Um, the de- so I, I just like all ducks hunting them, but the divers they're just really cool. You don't get them too often, so those are those are really fun. And then I'd have to go with. I never hunted out of a boat blind. I'd just have to go like sitting in the marsh. Although I do think a timber hunt would be awesome. I'd love to do that sometime. You got an input on that, Elliot? I I equally love, there's something extremely special out of Good Prairie Marsh where you can see for miles. And we hit those in September and October. And I, I absolutely love those marshes. But then we've got some holes around here. One hole in particular that's been dry for about five years straight. Where it's it's not timber like in Arkansas, but it's definitely timber and getting birds dropping down in those holes kind of with a lot of timber around is extremely special too. Nice. So I, I, there's something about laying out in a prairie marsh though, when you're completely covered up in a layout boat and it's relaxing. It is that man. That is so much fun. That is so much fun. Yeah. There's too many to pick from me. Like there's so many options around the country. Um, but you know, my favorite hunt just to go on around here is you know i got this little pool in the honey hole late season everything else freezes up and the streams open so you get the birds they have no option but to drop within 10 yards in front of you and if you can get that you know and i could get my full limit of mallards and some bonus ducks um you know that would be my my dream hunt that is kind of like feasible (laughs) i guess birds get really stupid around ice holes for some reason you give them an ice hole and they've been using it a couple days they screw it they're not worrying about it they're just dumping it. yeah that's awesome yeah. oh yeah compared to like stale birds that want to circle 30 times and then skirt at 40 yards you know it's like those birds are frustrating a day like that is fun but so frustrating we should do a to- uh, thing on on concealment and hide there's so yeah. much to say about that because there's that's so true. many one thing one thing we started doing this year that we'll do more of is dropping one of our first options when things aren't going right instead of moving decoys around is dropping ourselves farther back into the cover whatever the cover is typically for us that's um, willows and and shooting through trees mm-hmm. and i think that makes a big difference most of the time when ducks don't land i think it's because of us i think the nine out of ten times it's not calling it's not decoys it's not motion it's the the movement and the visibility of the guys hunting yeah and i've always you know been a big fan of like trying to get your hide like a lot of people just seem to kind of be lazy about it they get their blind built in the morning and in the dark you can't really tell that your blinds kind of crap (laughs) and then they never adjust after that you know but i mean it literally you have so much time um i mean you don't want to be out there spooking birds but um you know i've never had a hunt where i was upset because i brushed in my blind too much (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, one thing I've got to do better on myself because I'm really bad when there's ducks flying of like adding a little bit of cover. Oh, I'm not cutting enough. You know, another, another group doesn't do it. Adding a little more. It's like, take the time to do it right when you do it, even if there's ducks flying and get set. And I'm, I'm bad about that. Dan and Aiden are much better about it than I. Now Dan will just do everyone's flying, but that's such a big thing. I just want to add on a little bit and lay down some more because there's birds flying. But I think taking that extra 15 minutes makes it makes a huge difference. Uh, Chance said uh, that we should get a, a strike blind, a fast strike blind. You guys know what those are? Nope. 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 Me either. Um, I guess I'll look it up. Uh, if we the missed your question, with, guys, go ahead and post it again. Problem with blinds is like that is that they have to be mobile. And we try to set ourselves up to be as mobile in every single situation as possible, which is really, really mm. difficult to have all the right gear for every possible situation. I mean, when you're talking layout boats for prairie marshes or carts to pull boats to portage boats to white gear for when it's snowing out. I mean, it is so difficult to, to set yourselves up to be versatile in every situation, but that's it's kind of the goal, but it's hard. It's hard. The fast strike blind is it's just like this V-shaped blind. You stick it in the ground, and then you lean grass, it, grass like against A-frame? it. Like an A-frame? Like those new A-frame things? No, not exactly. It, it only has a front. So, like, you'd put, like, the grass on the front of it, and, uh, yeah, it's just like a V in front of you, and it's got, like, stakes that go in the ground. It looks very mobile. And then you lean the grass against it, and then you just kneel behind it. Hmm. Hmm. have to look into that. Good for bank hunting. But you, yeah. something like that, you really need a backdrop. See, something like that is useless in a prairie marsh. Yeah, if you don't have grass behind you, mm-hmm. or if they're circling around you, then you're in trouble. Yep. So I've, the blind I've been using this year is uh, actually my buddy has. A, I've talked about it in one of my videos, but my buddy started up a waterfowl company, and they make A-frame blinds. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, I don't even know, just an A-frame blind, but you know, kind of like the zinc ones that mm-hmm. they use it's yeah. kind of tilted in it's got the camo that goes all the way around it and then you just brush it in so you can kneel and uh inside of it and it covers you from all directions mm-hmm. yeah what's up foul assassin man we got everybody here tonight drake's drake i haven't <laughs> seen you in a while <laughs> what no. up quack addicts where you been drake you gonna post some videos or? I was thinking about him just the other day. You gotta <laughs> get on it. His videos are too enjoyable. He had all this momentum, and then he's just like, Neh. yeah, he had some good videos back last year. Yeah. You know who I'm wondering about is Bob and Nay. They just. Oh just... yeah. I think they said that they like. I was watching them as well. They said that they both got jobs, and uh, um, then they got too busy for it or something along those lines. So Man. I don't know. That's a bummer. I love their channel. Bob's yeah. Player. I mean, I think th- uh, their channel does better than mine, and they don't even post videos. <laughs> well, they lost. I mean, they, they seriously lost momentum big time. Yeah. I miss, I miss their videos. They're awesome. They're goofy. The only video I didn't like is, like, one of my pet peeves is when people eat in the mic. And he had, like, this whole segment where he just chewed food and talked. And I was like, I can't <laughs> take it. <laughs> oh, yuck. Oh, I do you remember that. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, he did it like purposefully to be like funny, and I'm sure some people enjoyed it. But I'm like, I couldn't. I was like, like I don't know. Everything he does makes me laugh. Yeah, he's pretty. My favorite is when she is making disgusted looks at him being goofy. That is, for some reason, the the dynamic between those two just kills me. Yeah, and then they got a dog too. I'm like, man, and that dog is awesome. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in Wisconsin asked most rewarding thing about filming. Uh, I'd just say being able to look back at the memories um, and being able to share it with, you know, family. I, I would agree with that. And it's uh, another thing I like is that, you know, it's just really cool to see what other people think of it. Like, you know, you work really hard on this and then just let other people see it and kind of critique it. It's, it's really cool just to show like that little window of your life to them and let them experience it. Like, basically through your eyes it's you know with like a gopro on your head or whatever um that's that's kind of the thing i like to see 
Yeah. Yep. I mean, the way I always talk about it is it's like, like really intense, like storytelling because you can use every tool, like the music, the voiceover, the video you take to tell your story. And, uh, you know, and it's just really cool to be able to tell that story to, you know, whoever you want to share it, share it with. Yeah. All right. Well, you got anything else you want to talk about, Elliot? Hmm. I don't know. We've been going for about <laughs> an hour and 10 minutes. I mean, I, this is, it's just fun to talk. I, I, there's nothing really I have on my mind that I can think of. All right. Uh, so let people know where they can find you, Matt. Uh, yeah. Hi, Harry Sportsman. Uh, we have YouTube. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can follow all those accounts. Uh, we're also on Full 30 now, which is another video hosting site. Um, it's more outdoors and gun related, but you can find us on all those. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I got his uh, his YouTube linked in the description down below. So be sure to check him out. Like we've been saying, uh, you know, we're all about the YouTubers who who are about promoting duck hunting the right way. And Matt's definitely along those lines. So be able to be sure to check out his stuff there and um, hit the subscribe button on his stuff. And uh, we're back on Elliot's channel next week on Tuesday again um, with uh, who do we got? We got, is, that the duck, uh, is that the training one or is that? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's a uh, Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy. Oh, I'm um, pumped. I'm Barton pumped. Ramsey. Yep, I'm, I'm pumped about that one. I can't wait. Yeah, should be a good time. So, um, I guess that's it for us, guys. So, uh, you know, make sure to tune in for that, and we'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to the Duck Gun Podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate your support. Um, so like I said, guys, next week we got Barton Ramsey from Southern Oak Kennels and Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy should be an awesome, um, podcast. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, if you guys want to join us live every week, then you guys can check out me at Duck Gun Chronicles and Elliot at Freelance Duck Hunting. And we swap between each channel and we do our live usually on Tuesdays. Doesn't always turn out that way because of conflicts and, and guest schedules. So anyways, guys, that's all we got for you this week. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go.